Tired of the light? Then escape into the dark with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. It's the Dark Corner Podcast presented by StrangeAndDeadly.com. I'm just as fucked up as they say. I can't fake the daytime. I found an entrance to escape into the dark. Got false lights for the sun. It's an artificial nocturne. It's an outsider's escape for a broken heart. Hello, everybody. Hey ho. If we sound a little weird or there's weird background noise, it's because it's the top of summer. It feels like it anyway. Yeah, technically it's not summer until yeah. Thursday the 21st. Oh, that doesn't bode well. But anyway, we've got the air conditioner on. Yeah, we've gotten really close to 100 a few times already, which does not make July look yeah. very promising. I have this lovely film of sweat on me. Yep. I don't like I it. I feel like I was shrink-wrapped mm. in salty liquid. Gross. Yes. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> I'm, I'm painting a picture in words. Ew. I'm a poet. Okay. Well, it's gross. But I didn't know it. Oh, boy. Yep. We're in I that. have a cat on my lap to make me even warmer, mm-hmm. so there's that. Well, you are wearing winter pajama pants, True. so that is your own fault. I'm not really a shorts guy. I should wear shorts. I can't believe the sh- short shorts that people at work get away with. It's like, what is this, a place of business, or are we drag racing? What's going on here? <laughs> Back to Vin Diesel to turn around a corner at any moment. Is it the ladies you're speaking of? Yes. Okay. Well, as long as their hoo-hahs aren't hanging out, I yeah. guess it's legal. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the staples of a Fast and Furious film is the booty shorts. <sighs> Who wears short shorts? I don't wear short shorts. No. Nobody wants to see the backs of my thighs. Uh, I can tell you right now. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. That's nice. I like that. And then Kitty would scratch them. Yes, because I am delicious. And he has a thing about bare leg skin. He's like, ooh, bare leg skin. <laughs> Bite. Because we are delicious. Oh, he likes to get my attention by tugging on my pant legs. It's like, Dad, bite, tug. Well, you can get lighter weight pants. Yes, I could. Jammy pants. I'll pull them up a little. There we go. There you are. There's my hairy knee. You got sexy legs. Yeah. You got nice calf muscles there. I'm jealous. Yeah, I've always had decent legs. I have never had good legs. Yeah. I've always had really skinny calves with no muscle, and then, um, how shall we put this, voluptuous thighs. Yeah. I've always had well-defined calf muscles. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> my drumsticks. Yeah. My stems. It's wasted on you. My getaway sticks. Nobody's looking at your legs because they're always in pants. They are. I wonder I'm warm at work. Anyway, is yeah. that enough banter? Uh, yeah, some... considering I pretty much run out of things to say. I was okay. trying to make a joke out of men at work and warm at work, but I didn't think it was worth it, so I uh, canceled. <laughs> I hit the cancel button. It's like the pages delete button. It's like, nope, I'm not going to save this. Delete. Been there. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Have the t-shirt. That too. Yeah. That just reminded me there's something i got to do tonight. Okay. we got to write just... a summary for a thing. Oh, I said it was just kind of vague posting no, <laughs> over I've, a podcast. I've, I've got it. <laughs> oh, 
I've got to write the summary for the last episode of Warp 5 we recorded. Ah, there you go. And I gotta not half-ass it this time. You gotta, gotta, gotta. It's not a matter of half-assing. It's just that I, guys, seriously, I don't have ideas anymore. I don't. She's tapped out. I've been tapped out for a couple of years. Yep, There's the creative well nothing, is empty. Nothing in there. It's frightening. It is frightening. It's, it's frightening and dark and alone. Yeah. And I, I and don't send in suggestions of what to do because I can fucking guarantee you I've tried them all. Yep, she's gone back to the well and has so. found it empty. It's frustrating. Yeah, I've tried different projects. I've tried starting new things. Nothing helps. Yep. Okay, just is I'm dead inside. There's nothing there. All that life of retail's finally taken toll. But I wasn't even in retail when this happened. Yeah, that's true. I'd been three years out of retail yep. when this started. An office fair. job shouldn't make it worse. <sighs> so, yeah, it's going to be sitting and staring at a blank screen with a cursor blinking, waiting for me to type something. That's oh. going to be me trying to figure out what the hell to write for the summary. There's a hell. There is a hell. Yeah. And it's called a blank page. Well, let's move on to funner things. Funner? Funner. 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 Funner works for me. Funner. My More fun would, things. My dad would use that. It's yeah. Father's Day tomorrow as we're recording this. Well, I guess funner works if something can be the funnest. Yeah, exactly. Then funner, funner. is the in-betweener. More funner. Dad, yeah. dad would say more funner. Or more gooder. More gooder is the best. <laughs> Bottom tish. Yeah. Yeah, miss you, Dad. Maybe I'll watch yeah. a movie that he would love. Yeah, isn't it around Father's Day? I just got through saying it's Father's Day tomorrow as yep. we're recording this, like two minutes ago. I don't know what it is. I have a mind sieve that picks up some things and not others. No, you're just not listening to me, Dave. You're not listening to me. I'm li- listening enough to respond to certain things. Yeah, but you're not fully things. listening. You're scanning like you do when you read. Yep. You can't do that when you're listening. I must Gosh. have like my Twitter filter on or something. It's like... Certain things, certain phrases, they don't post to my wall. Okay, shall we skip ahead? Skip ahead? Skip ahead to what? What's News and reviews. Okay, news and reviews. (laughs) I could have just put an echo filter on. That's how lazy I'm going to be. Some possibly be a minimum edit this episode. Is, I don't expect this one to run too long, so this one's gonna be interesting. Okay, do you want to start with reviews or news? Uh let's start with news. Okay, so we created some new D and D characters. Yeah. I had suggested a while back uh, starting a far eastern campaign campaign because everybody seems to be interested in that kind of world and i think it'll be like a nice palate cleanser when we get kind of tired of playing the adventures of nguyen one mm. where i don't know how that'll be anytime soon but still yeah uh well, we're in, what eighth level and they're all like destiny hero type characters and that can weigh a little heavily after a while i suppose so to go play a different flavored campaign might be a nice yeah well departure from time to time from time to time yes but not to replace oh no not to replace just and also i think we'll go to this one when somebody's not available Mm -hmm. because the other one it's 
I'd like everybody to be involved because it's that kind of heavy of a campaign. And Well, we're just to yeah. the point now where we can't do without one of the characters. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Nope. So, and everybody is, enjoys playing. It's not a matter of not wanting to play. It's a matter of just life yeah. happening from time to time. Well, it's so. like when you're watching some kind of television series or reading some kind of book series and you just have to depart from it for a little while. You still love it, but you need to experience other worlds from time to time. Yeah, that doesn't happen to me very often. Uh, it does to me. I can get fed up with something at a certain stage and need to go do something else. It depends on how long Especially that thing video is. games. Yeah, video games in particular. Well, and see, that's so weird because the one thing that I keep going back to over and over and over again is Fallout 4. Oh, yeah, we found some stuff out about Fallout 76 that's a little more encouraging. Yeah, well, it's uh, it actually is going to take place 25 years after the bombs have fallen. And the vault number is 76. So I was thinking that, are they starting this like the year before the bombs fell because <laughs> the bombs fell in 2077 yeah so i was confused about the 76 part but no that's the number of the vault i don't know exactly how everything's going to work because you can apparently adventure alone or you can do multiplayer now i have zero interest in multiplayer <laughs> you and most fallout players yeah there is no reason to do this there's no reason to have multiplayer. Yeah. I can't imagine that most Fallout lovers care anything about multiplayer, but I maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, Lee put it uh, succinctly, saying that if it's about building settlements and your opponents all get ICBMs, what's the point? Everybody's going to want to get ICBMs. And so it's a mutually decided destruction thing? I don't know. But in any case... I did see a trailer for it from E3. Not that I was at E3. It's called the Internet, guys. <laughs> and it looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah, the world's supposed to be even bigger now. Oh, there! it's set in West Virginia, which makes me smile. Uh, if the McElroys are in there somewhere, that'd be funny as hell. That would be like the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would just tickle me pink. You know, of course, they had to borrow a John Denver song. Mm. Which is Take Me Home Country Roads for the trailer because it's about West Virginia. Yep. Anyway, sorry. I know every word of that damn song. Um, anyway. I'm from Colorado, so he was considered a saint. Yeah, Saint Denver. They'd play Rocky Mountain High at a certain time every day. Uh, it doesn't so surprise This me. radio station, they'd advise you to face the Rocky Mountains, put hand over heart, and listen <laughs> to that song. Colorado Pride. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I think with... Starting out with Fallout 4, I don't think a lot of people were all that excited about being able to build settlements. And then once they started doing it, they're like, oh, no way, this is cool. And they kept expanding what you could do with building settlements. In Fallout 4, there's already set, you know. Yeah. But in Fallout 76, you'll be able to just, uh, I claim this land for myself and build a settlement. Nice. That's going to be interesting and different. And they showed some actual gameplay, you know, like characters walking. And it was just, oh god, it was so pretty. It was so pretty. So, so pretty. I'm still not sold because 
if I have to deal with <laughs> other people, like other players, yep. nuking me, I'm not going to be happy about that. Yeah. The reason we're playing video games is because we're introverts. Yes. I don't want to play online with anyone. If I was an extrovert, I'd go outside and play sports. Yeah. Or, you know, if I was a dick, I'd get online and play massive multiplayer competitive shit and just, uh -huh. you know, kill people left and right. That's not fun for me. Was that Fortnite one right don't, now that's uh, don't so even, popular? Don't even start with me with fucking Fortnite. Because that's, like, that's not a team thing. No, and it's an intellectual property nightmare from my understanding because people can create just about any type of character. And so you see like John Wick is in there. I wouldn't be surprised if people started making porn with this. I think they already have. I, yeah, they've done it with Destiny. They've done it with Overwatch. They've yep. done it with just... Anything where you give them creative control, they'll find yeah. a way to make some kind of naked character or put obscenities on walls. And Well, not only that, I'm pretty sure that people just have figured out how to port things into yeah. you know, sex scenes. Anyway, yeah. they also teased Elder Scrolls 6, but that was it. There's no other information. It was just Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> it's like, we don't know where we're going to have this. But we're going to have it. We're, we're going to have it. So it's going to be having. Yep. I think I heard some rumor that they're going back to Morrowind, but that was all it was, was rumor. Well, I would prefer that they do Morrowind because I'm never going to go back and play Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Oh, I, it was unplayable. unplayable. Yeah, if you crouch down to hit a mud crab and you can't reach them, and they just nip at your heels until you're dead, Yeah. your game's broken. That mm -hmm. and their um, way of socializing made no sense. Yeah. You just had to guess, okay, what kind of tactic are you going to use to talk to this guy? And you had no clues as to how to do it. It's like, do you want to be intimidating? Do you want to be persuasive? Like, I don't know. It's as if it were made for people who had played previous Elder Scroll games. That is not how mm. you make a game. Yeah. Okay? You still have to think that maybe this is the first time someone's picked up an Elder Scrolls game, which it was for me when I tried to play Morrowind, and I got so fucking frustrated that I just stopped. And it had so many awards. It had ridiculous number of awards. It's like, what, does this... Did they have any competitors? <laughs> well, I again, it's probably because of people who had played other Elder Scrolls games, uh -huh. but I wasn't one of those people. Nope. If you make your game unplayable, unless you already know all the rules... That's a problem. And that's why Oblivion was much better for me, because yeah. it guides you through the fucking process. Yeah. Then you could actually know how you're supposed to respond to people. Yeah. And, and then socialize. Skyrim was an improvement over and above that. And yep. So anyway, thumbs up for Elder Scrolls Six. They're also producing a new, completely new game that is not part of any other existing series. Ooh. That oh my lord I've already forgotten is it what called it's called Field of Stars or something no, like that. No, it's Star something, but I can't remember yeah. what it was. Oh. Star fuckers. No, it wasn't Star fuckers, <laughs> and you know that it wasn't. Well, they'd have to get the rights to the Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah. Well, give me a second, and I think it's called Starfield, but I can't remember. Star man. I can't spell field. Yep, it's Starfield, Starfield. by Bethesda. So It'd be funny if it had the Seinfeld like bass theme. Yeah. Uh, no, please don't do that. Uh, but... There's no guarantee that uh, we'll be able to play it on current consoles. Oh, this so, is a future console situation, I huh? guess so. It's, it's going to be it's virtual a virtual world. It's a mite. Um, as an M-I-G-H-T. 
not MIT like Batmite. Right. You mean okay. MITE. 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 Sidetrack. Anyway, so that's our wow. E3 news. Um, that now, we didn't do we expect want to get to back into Dungeons and Dragons? Well, they're related in a way. Well, I was talking about games that I always go back to, and then you went into this whole thing. Yeah, well, might as well. <laughs> okay. So, um, you want to begin with your character? Uh, no, you go with yours. I was originally going to play a spirit animal hybrid type character that was going to be a rat Yakuza. You mean Yakuza? Yakuza. And then Chris decided he wanted to play a demon cat, a Bakaneko. And so I decided that it'd probably be best not to have two similar type characters. And then I went with a sorcerer instead. And that's been tweaked ever since. Especially when I started to realize I was creating one of the eight Chinese immortals, oh. Lu Dongbin. Wow. <laughs> who was the father of internal alchemy and very much worshipped by Taoists as one of the eight immortals. And so I pretty much picked up on his story and the way he dresses and even some of his skills and such. So his name is Zhen Zhen, which I found out later was... A name of a panda hmm. and a name of a somewhat famous actress. All right. But a lot of uh, Chinese names, they're not really gendered. And they're all pulled from an epic poem. Words from an epic poem. All right, then. So, but yeah, Zhen Zhen, which ends up being meaning like double precious <laughs> or like extraordinarily rare. I think it can also mean noble. You are super precious. Which is funny because uh, Lu Dongbin, his like honorific name means pure yang. So they're very similar names in that respect. You know, something that's purified or rarefied. So he's right now at third level, multi-class in three different classes. <laughs> Starting with Bard. That way I picked up the most skills to begin with. Because he has three musical instruments, three skills, the bardic inspiration and spell casting that give him... Uh, two cantrips, those are spells that you can cast for free. And then four spells, three of which are rituals so I could cast them without burning a spell slot. The thing is, I'm not going to dip more into Bard ever, so those are going to be limited. But things like Identify, Detect Magic, and Comprehend Languages are spells that we could use even in later levels. Mm-hmm. You know, because Identify is nice. It's like, what's this thing? Well, let's cast this ritual and find out. Okay, this is this magical item. It needs this command word. Blah, blah, blah. It has this many charges. Yeah, same with Comprehend Languages. It's like, oh, I don't know what he's saying. Well, <laughs> cast well, this ritual. Well, I'll tell you. That way I'll be able to hear. Um, So that's the first level and basically the backstory of being a scholar. And then the next one is Monk. And that is his life learning the internal martial arts that are uh, representative of northern china and internal has a nice double meaning in that it refers to martial arts that developed inside mainland china that didn't come from outside like um kung fu did because kung fu actually came from india <gasps> dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Dun. as it was um the uh like hindu Practices like yogic practices applied to uh, Chinese meditation techniques and stuff. So that developed into the 36 crazy fists or Buddhist fist kung fu. And then that spawned into all these other forms of kung fu. While the internal kung fu is all about internal breathing methods that were developed inside China. And so he studied those, learned 
a sword technique from a fire dragon. So he's human and began with the blade mastery feat, which is cool. He has advantage on opportunity attacks. He gets a plus one anytime he uses a blade. And he can use his reaction to increase his armor class by one by taking a parrying posture. So pretty decent feat. Cool. And considering uh, Lu Dongbin's known for having this sword that he uses to banish spirits. And also he can use a bonus attack to make an unarmed attack since he's a monk, a fighting monk. Mm. Oh, he's an overachiever. Yeah, unarmed defense, so he gets to add his wisdom bonus to his armor class when he's not wearing armor. And since his dexterity and wisdom are both pretty high, he has an armor class of 17, which is pretty good for not wearing a stitch of armor. And yeah. then 18 if he takes a parrying position. And then finally, he's a sorcerer, and that represents him finding this connection to the way of heaven. And it went with the unearthed arcana uh, sorcerer discipline or tradition or whatever they call it of the divine soul and so he can pick spells from the cleric list and so he's going to be very much like a healer but he's going to be able to use meta magic on his spells like split healing spells or empower healing spells so if i roll low i can re-roll the low dice and eventually he gets this ability that's like improved healing and so if he spends a sorcery point he can re-roll any dice when using a healing spell and anybody around him can do the same within five feet and so he picked up a bunch of spells that way especially cantrips it's got like four other cantrips so he has six cantrips total fuck you (laughs) (laughs) then he picked up two uh standard spells plus cure wounds which is the bonus spell from taking divine soul so he has 13 spells at third level which is pretty impressive i thought so that's jen jen he's a bit eccentric he's gonna be chaotic good so he, he likes to do the right thing, but in an odd way that might not always seem like he's doing good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, my character is still a ranger. But! But! But. Her name is Alzra, and she is a six-foot-tall blue tiefling with wings that yep. are leathery bat wings. That she likes to hang around her shoulders like a cape. Yeah, it looks like a mantle or a cape (laughs) or a cloak. People freak out when she extends them and she enjoys that. Mm -hmm. She's neutral good. Um, Right. She is a demon hunter. And uh, yeah, she can totally fly, guys. Totally fly. So that's fun. They're all the standard ranger things that I'm not going to go over because everybody (laughs) already knows them. Well, I can touch upon some of them. Doesn't matter. This doesn't require, you know, me talking for 20 minutes about every single thing that she's done and etc. But um, she's she's cool. She can kill things yep. while she's flying. Well, she's what's called a horizon walker. That's also an unearthed arcana type. Yeah. And your focus is hunting down planar creatures. And so you can sense within a mile an open portal. And you can do that before requiring a long rest. So you can locate where these portals have opened and then go there and fight whatever came out of it. So a lot of your time is spent hunting down interdimensionary beings like uh, like is aberrations. Is that a word? Interdimensionary? Interdimensional is probably what I should have said. <laughs> I just woke up after a nap. Yeah, a nice long nap. Lucky you. Oh, yeah, I was... I... Yeah, I was tired earlier. I'm yeah, tired interdimensional now. being from a 
portal. Yeah. You can also uh, siphon that interdimensional energy and infuse your attacks with it so you do a little extra damage. Yeah, and I have a really cool Oni mask. Oh, your Oni mask is awesome because I had people roll up some treasure for each level just to showcase what might have happened in a previous adventure. So describe your mask, baby. Basically, she wears the Oni mask so that she can freak people out further when she takes off the Oni mask and they see this blue tiefling face. Um, She enjoys that, too. It's the ever smoking mask, <laughs> which you speak. She speaks a command word, and it just starts pouring smoke out into a sixty foot radius immediately. Just to, to start with, mm-hmm. it can go up to hundred and twenty feet if, if yep. she doesn't turn it off. Yep. And then when she speaks the command word again, it stops. But it's uh, it basically it's fog. It's fog. Yep. Which is Foggy. cool because you have. Uh, I gave everybody a martial art as kind of a secondary thing, and that tweet some of your attacks and that gave her the ninja taijutsu so that's pretty cool that you could be in the shadows using your ninja skills yeah so i'm a badass she's she's actually got charisma so that's going to be an interesting play for me yeah because um... i'm not used to playing a character with charisma Mm-hmm. <laughs> well it shows that you you're a decent leader plus intimidation yeah is a nice factor when you have uh, higher charisma. And and I have this thing called Haunted One, where uh, people will, like commoners, if they look into my eyes, they will see all the horrors I've been through and have sympathy for me. Mm-hmm. And try to help me in any way they can. <laughs> yeah, offer you shelter or even come to your aid by yep. taking up arms. Yep. Yeah, you just have this look of somebody who's been through hell and back. Well, she hasn't had the easiest life. Nope. But anyway. She's so anime, I love her. Because it kind of started with Sango from Inuyasha as an inspiration. As, as, well, inspiration, yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to just make Sango. Oh, no. And all our characters are somewhat borrowed from something else. But they are their own things. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that she's that I borrowed Sango. I was inspired by yeah. her, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Azra, which everybody just calls her Blue because no one can say her name, right? <laughs> and so she's just like... Don't don't butcher my name. <laughs> Just call me Blue. Just call me Blue. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Which, by the way, her name means Blue Skies. Yep. Which is appropriate because she's blue and she flies! And she's so anime. Because I could just see her flying while using the smoke thing. So what you see is this just billowing ball of smoke mm. in the sky as it like, descends. What the fuck is that? And then it lands and then you turn off... The smoke and the smoke dissipates and you're standing there. Oh, no, no, no. Before I, they even appear, I've killed like four of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you land into an area where there's a bunch of bandits and stuff. Yeah. I was just thinking just if you came into town. I like a dramatic entrance. Yeah. Or just kill just civilians. <laughs> Why would I do that? I know. <laughs> I'm neutral good. Yeah. I'm not chaotic evil. Yep. So, yeah. So she's cool and really tall. And mm-hmm. has ram horn horns and stuff. So. I love the idea of you using your bow and stuff. And then when they come to counter, it's like, oh, command word. Boom. Yep. <laughs> just smoke everywhere. Yeah, you just have to say a word and oh, now you can't see me. Yep. Oh, I can fly. Bye. Bye. I just land behind you. <laughs> yeah. The, the smoke clears. You're not even there anymore. Yeah. You're standing on top of some building. They probably think you teleport. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-cha. 
Yeah. Yeah, especially if I if they don't know I have wings, if they still think it's mm-hmm. just a cloak and they yeah. don't see my wings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh, yes, I can teleport. Whoa. Yeah, so she's a demon huntress. Yeah, well, you don't have to say huntress. Just hunter is fine. It's non-gender specific. <laughs> a demon hunter. Yeah. Uh, whose favorite trainer mountains and right now your favorite enemy are fiends. Yeah. Yeah. Because fiends. So, pretty cool. So, next thing? Yeah, I guess we're into reviews now. Okay, so we have like four things. Well, three things. Three, thi- three things. I can count. Okay, so we saw Solo. We did see Solo. Finally, it was not projected properly. Yeah, apparently it's meant for IMAX screenings, and since it was doing so poorly at the box office, they pulled them out of the IMAX theaters, and so they're all really dark. No, they're not all really dark. At least the one we saw was dark, and I've heard other people experience seeing very dark. But had we seen it on opening weekend in the big theater, I bet it wouldn't have been dark. Right. So we saw it in one of the smaller theaters with not as good a projector. Yeah, it should have had a lot more light behind it. So so that didn't help it. Yeah, but it didn't. It wasn't its fault. No, it's just difficult to get into a movie when you can't see what's going on. Well, I got into it just fine, yeah. thanks. It took me until Lando appeared and then I was on board. Yeah, whatever. It was fun, guys. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it had some really good action set pieces. I enjoyed those. I liked E3, the droid. It had Tandy Newton. What was her name? L3. 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 And I loved the music. Yeah, it had little choir bits in it. Well, and it also had a lot of drums. I yeah. love drums. I, oh, I really enjoyed the music a lot. And I enjoyed all the people. Of course, pretty much everybody was familiar to me. I'm not a big fan of what's-his-butt. Woody Harrells. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. Never have been. Afraid I never will be. Uh, He didn't annoy me very much, so that was good. I, of course, am already familiar with Alden Ehrenreich. I think I said that correctly. And, of course... Yeah, he was in Hell Caesar. He's probably the best thing in Hell Caesar. He's the best thing in Hell Caesar. I don't know, though. I don't know, that's that dance number that made no sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of that in Hell Caesar. Ugh. With, but, with what's his name, whose name yeah. I also can't uh, remember? God, Channing Tatum. Thank you. Yeah. There are some charming bits, but ugh, just as a whole movie, it's lacking. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that yeah. now because... But Solo, yes. Yeah. And um, oh my God, I can't remember names today. Yeah, it was interesting seeing uh, Han Solo being an optimist. It was before it was it was pounded out of him by yeah. a hard life. <laughs> he was just a scrappy, <laughs> optimistic little kid, and you're like, what? Well, not that, little kid. That makes sense to me, though. Oh yeah, Amelia Clark. That's who right. I was trying to think of. I love Amelia Clark. Um, and it was nice to see her not with ridiculously white blonde hair. And trying on all of uh, Londo's capes. <laughs> I loved that so much. <laughs> That's what I would do. Because Lando had a closet full of capes. Yep. And and Donald Glover, talk about nailing it, yeah, it was as Lando. Really spot on. Where if you looked away, you'd swear it was Billy D. Williams. Well, before you even see him, you hear his voice, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Oh my God, he has that inflection down perfectly." Yeah, it's so smooth. Yeah, uh, so enjoyable. And of course, we've been fans of Donald Glover for many years. Yep. And now you have a favorite new droid in L3. I liked L3 a lot. 
yeah. going around liberating droids wherever she went. <laughs> I found my calling! And I like the, the motion capture, you know, the, the way she'd posture herself. Yeah. Like she'd lean on her arm and that sort of thing. And who doesn't love Chewie? Everyone loves Chewie. Yep, Chewbacca. Played so. by somebody who does the actual voice, too. He can do the Chewbacca noises. I have seen it because on the Force Awakens special features, uh-huh. and I'm going to have to look up his name because it's... Is he a giant he, Swede or something? No, he's Finnish. Ah. He is very, very Finnish. One might say he's completed. Oh, God. Juna Sutamo. He's this really tall, adorable, blonde kid. <laughs> Just so cute. Uh, he's almost seven feet tall. He's six foot eleven. And if you watch, if you've ever watched the Force Awakens special features, you will see him out of costume or not even with the head on and doing the noises. And it's unreal. <laughs> nice. How well he can do that. He must have just grown up thinking I'm gonna be Chewbacca someday because I'm a giant. So yeah, he was he was great as Chewbacca. I have no complaints about the film. I really don't. Oh, it was also fun to see Paul Bettany as a crazy bad guy. Ooh, he was a heavy, heavy. Oh my god! Man, he, as a villain goes, ooh, is scary. He is so good at being bad. So good at being bad, which is so interesting to me because I've seen him be so good. Like, the first thing we ever remember seeing him in was A Knight's Tale, and he was playing Chaucer. (laughs) And he was just kind of happy-go-lucky. Yeah. In that film. A bit of a gambler. Yeah, a bit of a bard, a lecherous uh, (laughs) poet. Wasn't too horrible, but yeah. And I was just, that's also the first time I ever saw Alan Tudyk. He is delightfully scary. He yeah, he's sinister. Just... And you get to see the criminal underground. Yeah. It's all about all these criminal syndicates, just as the emperor, empire is coming into being. Indeed. It was, it was really good. You just kind of go all over the place in the film, and I liked that. Because mm-hmm. we're following Han on this journey to, you know, he makes it off Corellia, but Kira, his girlfriend doesn't make it with him and then they run into each other later everybody knew that was going to happen i'm mm-hmm. not spoiling anything she she keeps trying to tell him you don't really know me yep. anymore and he just refuses to believe that hadn't it been something like three years i think it'd been longer than that yeah. but i could be wrong so anyway it was i it was good fun it was an adventure and i enjoyed it and i laughed and i was tense i mean there there was a certain kind of freedom because you know that you know, the core characters, you know, Han and Lando and Chewie all have script immunity because <laughs> if they died in this movie, yeah, that just breaks continuity. <laughs> yeah. A- unless you decide to do an alternate universe like they did on Star Trek, don't do that. So there's there's a kind of freedom in not having to worry about that and then just wondering, okay, how the hell are they going to get out of this one? Hmm. So I, I found that liberating in a way that I hadn't expected. And I found that I could enjoy other aspects of the film much more. And it's very much an origin story of how Han Solo became Han Solo. You get to see, you know, how he picked up his gun, how he got the Millennium Falcon, how he met Chewbacca. How these, he got the name Solo. Yeah, how he ended up in the Empire briefly. Mm-hmm. Which I liked how they treated it like World War One. Yes. It had that kind of feeling to it. I enjoyed it very, very much. So, good visual effects. Again, yep. loved the music. The thing is, people are making a lot of noise about how it's not doing well at the box office, but it's still doing better than average for a movie. <laughs> yeah. 
so there's oh well, it's just not pulling in Last Jedi figures and all that, and Force Awakens figures. Not everything has to. Not everything has to be epic. Didn't Rogue One not do as well either? Oh no, it did really well. Okay. It actually at this at the same point that Solo was when we went and saw it had done about almost four hundred million oh, okay. domestically. I think. I don't know. For anybody who thinks, oh, what's the point of this movie? Okay, yeah, you have a fair point. But I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, it's an enjoyable movie if you just go in to watch a movie. Yeah. It's not going to surprise you often. I I like the Maelstrom. That was a fun bit. Yeah, that was a really... That was tense. I mean, even though you knew that nobody was, you know, your main guys were not, you knew they weren't going to die. And of course, it was you, still intense. You get to see them do the Kessel Run. So yes. there's that. In less than 12 parsecs. Yeah. <laughs> Which it really wasn't. It was like less than 13. He rounded down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway. So it was 12 parsecs. So saying less than would be. Uh, yeah. Spice Mines a Kessel. Yeah, got to see that. That was an entertaining little rebellion scene. Yep. L3 freed some robots. Oh, Chewbacca yeah. feel, freed some Wookiees. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was uh, it was just, it was high adventure, and I enjoyed it. And people can think and say what they want, but, you know, just casting it aside because you don't want to see a prequel is really unfair. It's better than the prequel prequels because yes. um, Lucas's prequels made the universe seem smaller. Mm-hmm. And that everybody seemed to know everybody else. Mm-hmm. This, we got to experience new worlds and new people and names we hadn't encountered before, crime syndicates we haven't addressed before. Mm-hmm. And so it opened up the universe again, which was nice. And some of this, granted, may be covered in the animated series, which we do not watch. We yeah. don't watch Star Wars Rebels. We didn't watch Clone Wars. Um, we did see the Clone Wars movie, but that was so long ago, I couldn't even tell you what it was about at this point. So <laughs> I just remember it not being good. It's a very fine balance to walk, to tie in these things in the animated series without making it seem out of place. So it's in there for the people who have seen the animated series and they can go, oh yeah, but the rest of us, you know, we're not, we may not understand that connection, but we're not looking at it going, well, why is this in here? Yeah, it's like Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One. Yeah. Because I thought you could have excised that character completely and had it more streamlined story. But he was related to the Clone Wars or whatever, or Star Wars Rebels, one of those Rebels. animated series. There were more, there were other references as well in there that I didn't understand. Yeah. So, you know, it's, that worked for the people who watched the, the animated series. But for me, I was like, ah, don't need this character, really. Yeah, but I, I didn't feel that way at all mm. about Solo. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in Solo that we could have done without. Nope. It, it was a pretty streamlined storyline. It was, it was pretty tight. And I mean, you could, you could go without watching the movie, but it is entertaining for what it is, so why not just address it as that? And the music! And the music. And the music. So, so thumbs up on yep. Solo. And hopefully on streaming our Blu-ray, Blu-ray, it's a bit better. It looked a bit better on trailers. It was less dark, so... Yeah. Uh, one final note. The deep-voiced fish singing oh right <laughs> so they had the very java's palace like 
but oh, more, no. but it was less, it was way less more classy. Blick. Yeah, that's the word for it. It was a little high class. Yeah. To go into this gangster ship where they had a, a bar set up with the nightclub singer doing a torch song with the fish in a bowl I was yeah. singing. That was that fish when it started singing, I started laughing. I couldn't mm. help it because that was not what I expected. Oh, I expected just for being next to the singers, like, oh, it's a duet. Well, I knew it was, I, I wasn't surprised by it singing. I was surprised at how low its voice was. Right. That's what made me laugh. Yep. It's like this fish goes, I knew the fish was going to sing. And then I'm just like, oh my God, he's a bass. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's got like, you know, Barry White going on in there. Mm-hmm. So next thing, what's ne- on the docket? Uh, next thing is Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger, enjoying that series. Uh, boy, people have really hard lives. Really? Yeah, it's. I like the class reversal yes. that happened while they grew up. Yes. You know, the little white girl that had ballet lessons is after her dad dies, their family gets impoverished and she's basically homeless, living in some abandoned church somewhere. Well, she doesn't have to be homeless, but her mother's a druggie. Her mother's a druggie. And, and her mother yeah. was a druggie before daddy died. Yeah. And it might have been something where it was health related, like she was put on pain killers and then got addicted to them so it's like an opioid crisis sort of scenario yeah our cloak character our cloak our dagger character is a grifter you know got a lot of tandies we're talking about tonight con woman a thief and a druggie in her own right not as much as mom she doesn't seem to use it a lot she does it to escape i think yeah just the pain of being alive so, and then on the opposite side of that coin, we have Ty. Yep, our cloak character. Who watched his brother murdered by a cop, and mm-hmm. it was covered up. And it was because of him trying to save his brother that he was in the water when that thing happened. Oh, the, what's the name of the that? The Roxxon. Roxxon. I was trying to think of that company, the Roxxon. Power plant, or whatever yep. that her dad had been working on. I'd been telling them that that platform was going to collapse, and then mm-hmm. it did. And then it had this explosion and pulse of energy that made them into... Mutants. Mutants. She was drowning in the car because her dad, when this happened, he was not paying attention to the road. He mm-hmm. was looking at the collapsing platform. They hit a truck or something. hit a truck, a, a semi, mm-hmm. and went into the water. And so she's slowly drowning. You know, the water's coming in. And Ty's in the water trying to save his brother who's already dead. Then this thing happens. And when they both wake up, it's... They're on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. When they they were conscious when yep. he saved her. Right, because a hand comes. Because he could see he could see her glow. Yep. And so he went down to that and he pulled her out mm-hmm. using through, his teleportation ability. Yeah, and then that's all they remember until she woke up on the beach and she left before he woke up. Yep. And then they accidentally meet again several years later at a party where she's grifting. Yep, picking she's, his pocket. She steals his wallet. He chases after her and they he grabs her hand and blows them apart. Yep. And her hand is glowing and his hand is all darkness. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it's it's actually really well done. It's very intense. And I'm enjoying it very, very much. Yeah, it's an interesting way to approach that gestalt power where it's their connection to one another. Because each one of them has kept something of the others from when they first met. Mm -hmm. He has her ballet slipper. She has his hoodie that she still fits into, which is funny. Well, the hoodie didn't fit him at the time. It It was was an adult hoodie. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so she'll wear it from time to time. And yeah. they connect to each other that way. So yeah, he can teleport in darkness. That seems to be his major ability. And right now it's happening against his will for the most part. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to control it yeah, at all. He's trying to develop it and get better at it. And then hers is to create these daggers of light yeah. ability. And also they have these kind of mental, like psychic type abilities where she experiences the good things in mm-hmm. people's lives and he experiences the bad. Yeah, so just when, by touching yeah, somebody. When they touch somebody, they can pick up on their psychic energy. Yeah. And, uh, poor him, because he sees his, the nightmares that his mother has about losing her children, because she lost one and she fears losing the other. And meanwhile, with uh, Tandy, she will touch somebody and experience their, their love and joy. Which she doesn't understand or know how to deal with. Yeah, because she's a disappointment to the people that love her. Mm. And she doesn't know how to respond to that love. In a healthy way. So, yeah, I'm fascinated by the series. Um, Good music, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of um, synthy. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of, not just background music, but actual, you know, music by people. Yep. Artists singing and stu- such. Yep. A lot of which, actually, pretty much none of it is familiar to me, but... Yeah. I've enjoyed it, and I look forward to more. Yay! They have impressed me. Yay! And it's on Freeform, which used to be, I think, I think it used to be ABC Family. Mm. Not so family anymore. No, I guess not. (laughs) Really, definitely not family. Because there was swearing, and there was almost rape. Oh, I remember when ABC Family had some of the most violent movies ever. It's like, what are you trying to tell us? A lot of westerns and things like that. Oh, westerns. That's that's different. Mm -hmm. One of the people she grifted hunted her down and he was going to take his revenge by raping her Mm because she basically was acting like she was going to sleep with him and she had drugged his drink long story short and uh she's without her permission summons one of these light daggers and basically it's uh almost guts him Mm -hmm. so now the police are looking for her yep so Uh, she's gotta leave town this cop that never says anything she said something in the end of the last episode yeah. when she was arresting Tandy's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's interesting, too. One thing that always bothers me, and I know that it's difficult because you hope that something like that, as a woman, you hope that something like that is never going to happen to you. Uh-huh. But the absolute worst thing you can do is freeze. Right. You have you to scream, make scream, noise. Make as much noise as you can. Make it as difficult as you possibly can. I think she raked his face, so is there there was at least that. Yeah. But even so, you know, she wasn't screaming. Yep. You have to fight make, the whole you time. You have to make noise. You can't stop fighting. Yep. Because if you make it more difficult for them, chances are they're going to realize it's not worth the effort mm-hmm. of getting, you know, of going through with it before getting caught. Yep. Because if you're loud and... They'll threaten you. Of course they'll threaten you. What's, what's, what is worse? What is worse? The threat of what they might do to you if you make noise yep. or them actually raping you, which is worse. Yeah. So, and any police officer will tell you this, make the most noise you can. Mm-hmm. And some say to shout fire instead of help. Because mm-hmm. fire is something people can help with. Uh-huh. And that'll bring them to assist. Shout fire! Yep. Just I'm just saying, and I and I know that what they portrayed was very realistic, but I just I want women to stop being portrayed that way. Yeah. Start fight. S- start fighting. 
as a few movies we've seen when the little girl's been kidnapped and she fights the whole way, kicking mm-hmm. and screaming and clawing and biting. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the way to go. Yep, absolutely. Cloak and Dagger, you have my attention. Yes. And uh, I'm sure you're going to keep it. Okay, final thing. Rift Tracks, Space Mutiny. Space Mutiny. Space Mutiny. Yeah, they had another live event through Fathom Events. Yes. And they did Space Mutiny on Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is one of my favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater Yes, it's one of the funniest. Uh, Railing death comes from that. So much railing death. Because a lot of people getting shot at and then falling over a railing or being thrown off a railing. Mm -hmm. Or jumping over a railing. Or or... falling down the stairs next to a railing. Mm -hmm. Falling over a stair railing as they're trying to get out of the stairs. (laughs) Yeah. So much railing. Yes. Basically, when they do something for Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm-hmm. the probable runtime is edited down to about an hour. Right. Because they have all of that stuff around it. Yes. With the bots and such. Yeah. But this, they had about an hour and a half because there was no, you know, breaking off for skits. <laughs> right. So there was stuff in there that I had not seen before, and there was... Like, there is a love scene that in Mystery Science Theater was edited down Mm -hmm. so that you don't actually get any dialogue. And then you get the whole scene in this with a... (laughs) When when boob happens, Uh, (laughs) an animated gorilla with balloons comes up on the screen. You have to censor it. (laughs) It was was moving. It would would do this (laughs) smile thing like, hi. And Mike was very disturbed. (laughs) Yeah, so they kind of moved away from riffing on the movie to riffing on the gorilla. It was so funny. It's like, did you have to have it do that smile? Is that necessary? Yeah. Really fun time. Like the the first time that the Balerians are trying to lure one of these guys to their to where they are staying on mm-hmm. the ship. And he's about to go in and this other guy shows up and he's like, oh yeah, thanks Captain Cockblock. <laughs> yeah. <they> just... <laughs> Please come join our Bonnie Tyler video. (laughs) It's impressive when you can take something that you have already made all these jokes for and then come up with entirely new jokes. Those little balls of lightning. It's like, oh, they raided all the Spencer's gifts. (laughs) Yep. They did do the euphemisms for Red Brown's name. Yeah. And that actually was great. Everybody cheered when they started doing that Mm -hmm. again. Uh, They had all different ones, of course. Of course. Of course. It was just very entertaining, very disturbing, um, short at the beginning of it, which was fun. Yeah. They always do a short. Yeah, was uh, it H.G. Wells' The Magic Box? Magic, magic shop? shop. Shop. I got your magic box right here. Yeah. Um, sorry. There were only two things that bothered me. Neither of them had anything to do with the show itself. One was they did not turn on the air conditioner oh, in the theater. So stuffy in a timely there. fashion, yeah. and it was too warm. Two, there was one other person on our row, but this couple decided to come in and they had already chosen seats right next to us. They knew that people were sitting on those seats because you have to choose your seats when you get the tickets. Why the fuck would you do that? That's like going into a bathroom where one stall is occupied (laughs) and there's ten that aren't and you go into the unoccupied stall Right next to the person who's already in there. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Especially when the male part of you, the male person in the duo is constantly going (laughs) through the whole film. 
and talking in full conversation volume. Oh my god. That's why so many people stay home to watch things rather than go out. Yeah. Because, I mean, the other people went, ruined the experience. The theater wasn't completely full by any means. It was oh, no, probably there was about plenty half of seating. Full. But really? Don't do that. Don't mm. go sit next to strangers when you don't have to. Please. Especially when you have a sinus issue. Yeah. Just go the fuck away. And they kept putting up the armrest and cuddling, and God only knows whatever else she was doing <laughs> to him. Well, he's grossing snoring. me out, which is why I was like crowded over towards your mm-hmm. side because I just did not want anything to do with these two yeah. people. It was just gross. And there was that guy in the back who was always at Rift Tracks, but he only got off one what <laughs> thing through the whole thing mm-hmm. because uh, basically it's everybody like else should drowned out. Know what they do by now or what the movies are like by now. Yeah, it's it takes everything that I have when he does shit like that. Because yeah. he's been at like almost every Rift Tracks we've ever been to, it yeah. seems like. And I just want to shout, go fuck yourself! <laughs> but I never do. You don't understand the movie, leave! Yeah. But uh, thumbs up, looking forward to crawl. <laughs> thumbs up after all, <laughs> mostly negative. Well, <laughs> well, the that, movie was fine, the, it's just the yeah. people. Just the people sucked. Thumbs up. Looking forward to Crawl in August. Crawl looks funny. that is one of my favorite bad movies. Yep. I mean, I actually have it because I grew up with it. And nice. it's one of the, it's a thing that reminds me of my dad. Yeah. So, because we watched it Man, together. it's so high fantasy. It's just entertaining for that respect. It, it's ridiculous and yeah. weird. And Floating just... castles and spinning glaives and what and, have you. Yeah. And I just, I really, I really enjoy, enjoyed the clip that they showed from that. Mm-hmm. So, previously on Swamp Runner. It's the introduction of the Cyclops character. <laughs> it wasn't the introduction. Oh. They'd already met him. Oh, okay. So. Because it seemed like he was coming from a different direction he, or something. He was... But the thing is, is that he had stayed behind to, for some other reason, Ah. and the real uh, mage, whatever he was, bubbled up from the quicksand. And so he knew that uh, the mage that was with Corwin, 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 that's his name, was not, you know, was an imposter. And so he was running back to the party to save his lord and prince. Okay. Yeah. I know this movie way too well, so... So yes, yay for Rift Tracks live events. I yay. do love them. Yes, indeed. Please don't stop doing them, because I will keep coming. I seem to be well enough attended. Yeah. So, uh, dark track time, do you think? Yarp. Okay. The Dolly Rots are an American pop-punk band composed of Kelly Ogden, uh, bass and lead vocals, and husband Luis Gabezas on guitar and backing vocals. They have released six studio albums and are currently under their own label, Arrested Youth Records, and they have played over a thousand live shows throughout their career. Holy shit. Um, They're my favorite punk band right now, the contemporary punk band. I mean, The Clash, I think, is still my favorite overall, but I really love... The positive energy, the tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, their delivery, their content. There's a lot of pop culture references in their music. They have one song called Be My Leia. Oh, yes. Which is kind of a funny Star Wars-related song. And we have a song for you called High School Never Ends. We're going to play that and talk about it on the after. So this is the Dolly Rocks with High School Never Ends. Hey! 
super fun. So much fun, and I understood every word she's saying. She's really good. She's a really clear, very um, pronounced vocalist. Yes, I enjoyed it very much. I like the way she clips her words so you can hear everything she says. Yes, she's very good. She's very good. Very good. They have a good online presence. If you follow them on Facebook, they'll post various pictures of them on tour. And they offer a lot of their songs for free if you follow their newsletter. Yes. And they have a few Christmas songs. They even have a Thanksgiving song. <laughs> Good times. Yep. I like what they address in this song about the high school never ends thing. Is that the same thing we obsess about in high school? People do in adult life. Just the, the gossip. And who's the class clown? And who's pregnant? Who's not? I don't talk yeah. about stuff nope. like that. Because once high school was done, for me it was like, I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Yeah. The leave it all behind. That was the same way. It's like, it's all in the past. Yeah. Because I knew that none of it was going yeah. to matter. But those people that carry that with them still. Ugh, gross. Yep. But yeah, it's unfortunately quite a few people. <laughs> yep. Still have that high school mentality in the professional world. Trump supporters. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the hosts of Everything's Coming Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast brand new to the Maximum Fun Network, and every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright, all people that have worked on The Simpsons, and we've also had guests like Weird Al and people that are on the Max Fun Network already, and each week we will talk to a very cool guest about their favorite episode, and it is so much fun. So if you like The Simpsons, come listen to Everything's Coming up Simpsons. All right, smell you later. Uh, shall we get into the point? Uh-huh. This is kind of a, a bit of a wiki read, I imagine, a little bit. Well, somewhat, because uh, this is a very new love. Yeah, this is just recent. I used to have the television on a different channel, so anytime we finished watching something, it would revert to whatever was on. And it got annoying, so I finally moved it over to Cartoon Network. And Cartoon Network right now seems to play about four different cartoons in rotation. Yeah. (laughs) And this is one of them. We're counting Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go as the same cartoon. As the same thing, yeah. Um, Even though the animation is different, and in my opinion, it's Teen Titans Go is more childish it is because they don't really fight crime they do weird other things yeah well and then there's okko yeah we've seen a couple episodes of that which was delightful in a way that i did not expect and their lead character is not very interesting yeah and other things that i don't remember the names of and i'm not going to there's a couple other things oh well yeah ben 10 i have no problem with ben 10 but the one that kept my attention was The Amazing World of Gumball. The Amazing World of Gumball. You heard us right. The Amazing World of Gumball. Gumball is not a machine. (laughs) And so often when I first saw this, it was just muted in the background. And I'd look and go, why are there so many different animation styles? There's puppetry. There's CGI. There's hand-drawn animation. There's weird... Stop motion. People made out of paper. Yeah, there's Mm -hmm. stop motion. It's all cobbled together into one thing and like the backgrounds are like these hyper real cg backgrounds yeah. <laughs> it's like what's going on over here i mean even some live action stuff like they have one character who's that thing where you put your head upside down and put eyes on your chin yeah. and talk 
And then there's also the newscaster. The newscaster is is just a man. Yep. A real man. Gumball. The Amazing World of Gumball. Gumball. Uh, it is a an animated television series created by, and I may butcher his name because it's French, Ben Bocquelet. Okay. I'm going to guess that's how it is. For Cartoon Network. It's produced primarily by Cartoon Network Studios Europe. Mm. And it first aired on your birthday in 2011. Holy shit, really? May 3rd, 2011. Wow. The series revolves around Gumball, obviously, who is a blue cat. Yep. And his uh, best friend slash adopted brother slash former pet who grew legs, a fish named Darwin. Yes. <laughs> who sleeps in a fishbowl still, still, even though he can walk around and yeah, breathe there. He like fills up the entire fishbowl. Yep. And there's a sign on it that says, please knock. <laughs> just cracks me just up. Just funny because it's glass, so you can yeah. barely see him. It's it's so silly. And they're uh, they're twelve years old, and they attend school in our their fictional city of Elmore. Uh-huh. Now, uh, Gumball does have a uh, bunny for a father, and a little and, sister too. And his little sister Anais is also a bunny. They're both pink. Yep. And then his mother is blue, a blue cat like him. Her name is Nicole. <laughs> She's the worker of the family. She works at the Rainbow Factory. Mm-hmm. While dad is a stay-at-home dad and because pal- yeah. he is incompetent. Yeah, he's lazy. They took Homer and Peter Griffin and made it extreme. He's mm-hmm. so stupid and lazy. It's and ridiculous. The thing is, is, we know why he's that way. Mm. Because we saw an episode about his mother. Oh, yeah. The overprotective mother didn't that didn't allow him to do anything. So he can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. Can't make decisions at all. At all. Doesn't even want to leave the house, generally. He loves hamburgers. Bocalet based several of the series characters on rejected characters from his previous commercial work. He wanted to make the premise a mixture of family shows and school shows because Cartoon Network was really after that particular aesthetic. Uh-huh. So why not do both? Exactly. He was hired originally at Cartoon Network Studios Europe. Uh, he was hired to help people pitch their projects to the network. And then the studio decided they were just going to have people who already worked for the network pitch their own ideas. Oh, interesting. And so that's how he got into that. Wow. Uh, and uh, he, when he gave uh, the premise to Daniel Leonard, who was vice president of the original series and development division at TBS Europe, uh, he was impressed and so he immediately greenlit the production of the series. And it was the first series to be produced by Cartoon Network Studios Europe. And it's still going, apparently. It is still going. There are new episodes coming June 18th. Wow. They they produced 36 episodes for its first season. Now, keep in mind, they're 15-minute episodes. Yeah. Well, really, like... Like three 10-minute episodes, if Well, that. no, they're, they're two and a half-hour block. But right. with commercials, the episodes themselves probably clock in at about 11 minutes. Yeah. Those were produced for its first season in collaboration with Studio SOI, Dublin-based Boulder Media Limited, and Dandelion Studios. Oh, Yes, Dandelion Studios. The people voicing the characters, especially Gumball and Darwin, are fantastic. And there have been multiples. Uh, (laughs) For seasons one and two, it was Logan Grove who voiced Gumball. The first season, or the season three episode, The Kids, uh, he also voiced. But then it switched to Jacob Hopkins for the rest of season three and to season five episode, The Copycats. And then Nicholas Cantu did the rest of season five to present Darwin has been voiced by Kwesi Boaki. (laughs) 
I'm probably butchered that. I'm very sorry. For season one and two and episode, season three episode, the kids. Terrell Ransom Jr. for the rest of season three to season five episode, the copycats. Danielle T. Hansley Jr. for the rest of season five to season six episode, the cage. And Christian J. Simon from season six to now. <laughs> so quite a rotation of uh, voice actors. Well, you know, that's the thing when you're working with kids, especially yeah. boys, because their voices will start to change. Mm-hmm. And so then they have to. But every single one of them, I, I have not noticed any difference. So, and, and you can really tell their kids when they hit that high-pitched scream that only kids can do. Yeah. Which happens almost every episode. Gumball's sister, Anais, is played by Kyla Ray Kowalewski. <laughs> and Richard, the stay-at-home dad, is Dan Russell. And Nicole, mom Nicole, is Teresa Gallagher. Teresa Gallagher also voices... <laughs> This is awkward. His uh, love interest, Penny Fitzgerald. Oh, right. (laughs) I think that's the moose that has no eyes. Yes. There is a lot we haven't seen yet because this series has been on since 2011 and we only recently discovered it. But there is a very prominent feature of the series that started in in the third season of the series called The Void. The Void. It is a dimension inside Elmore where all the universe's mistakes reside. Oh, man. This includes references to aspects of reality as well as in-series elements. (laughs) Rob is a background character from the first two seasons who became trapped in the void after becoming irrelevant. Oh, wow. He has been voiced by uh, Hugo Harold Harrison and David fucking Warner. Oh, wow. (laughs) He escapes in season three. And becomes Gumball's nemesis and main antagonist. (laughs) He is shown to be aware of his fictional existence in the season four episode, The Disaster, and his hatred towards Gumball is a result of his role as the protagonist. So he only hates Gumball because he's the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Which gets addressed in another episode where one of the background characters is their family's moving. Mm -hmm. And so she's leaving town. And Gumball can't stand that because it's a change. And mm-hmm. he can't handle change. But it's told from her perspective like it's an episode of My Soul Called Life. She has an internal monologue and she goes around, you know, wishing all the people she loves, you know, a good life and, you know, to bid farewell. Meanwhile, Gumball and Darwin are trying to prevent her from leaving mm-hmm. <laughs> and begging her to let them help her. And she's like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> this is my story. <laughs> And just desperate to make it their story. It's like, you can't be the main character. I'm the main character. There's a lot of meta humor like that. Yes, a lot of meta humor. And actually, the first season does not have as much dark humor as following seasons. Oh, it gets dark. It gets really fucking dark. And I love that. They have a friend that's a bear that's just like a paper cutout. And there's a bit where it looks like she lost her head and it just happened to have folded over. Yep. <laughs> they also have fantastic musical numbers. Right. They have songs and... Like yeah. when their neighbor that they loved and their neighbor who hated them mm-hmm. was trying to sell his house. And they did this whole sequence of tribute, this song to him about him. It was a fucking music video. <laughs> yep. And it was hilarious. 
And there, there, oh my god, there are so many pop culture references done in the best way. I can't even begin <laughs> to describe all of them. And that is probably why this show has so many damn awards. So, so many awards. It would be difficult to go through all of them because there are just so many. I'll just go through the ones that they have won. Okay. So, Buckling Kids. In the year 2011, they won Best Television Production from the Annecy International Animated Film Festival, the British Children, the British Academy Children's Awards, where they were nominated for Animation and Writer, and won both of those. They also, at the Annie Awards, won Best Animated Television Production for Children. At the Astor Awards in 2012, they won Most Outstanding Children's Program or Event. British Academy Children's Awards in 2012, they won Animation and Writer again. And International Emmy Kids Awards, they won Best Kids Animation. And in 2013, the British Academy Children's Awards won Best Writer again. Hall of Game Awards in 2014, they won Best Cartoon Boogie. I don't know what that is. British Academy Children's Awards 2015, they won Best Animation. 2016, British Animation Awards, they won Best Children's Series and Children's Choice Award. Uh, At British Academy Children's Awards, they won Best Animation, Best Writer. And in 2018, they won Promax BDA Global Excellence Award, Micro Video Content. You would think there would be voiced by British actors with that many British awards. You would think that. But they're not. They're well. I don't know if they're British or not. To yeah. be honest with you, but they seem very mm. American. Yeah, but it it is a European production yep. and European creator. So so there's all the the facts about the amazing world of Gumball as laid out by Wikipedia. But there's so much more to this show. Yeah, uh, the first episode I really seemed to watch in earnest had this seductress-like character with this Russian accent come into town. And apparently she had a backstory with their dad. Oh. And so mom was a little upset about that. And you find out that mom is a ninja. And the animation style changes into like an anime where you see her as an anime cat person. And she has a fight with this seductress in this gymnasium at the school. And they have the pink beans of power and all the things that are staples of anime and all the you know posturing and it was just amazing to see this you know very simple animation style turn into this elaborate anime style and you're like what is going on with this series and it's been addressed again that their mother kicks ass mm-hmm. like she's like working as a rainbow factory but on the side she's a ninja it's like what's going on here Hey, sometimes you got to multitask when you got a family and four to support. Another episode that I watched recently. I don't know if you watched this one with me. I don't think you were there, but it was Monday morning. They didn't want to go to school. They were all upset. And so their dad gave him this super hug that would make them happy no matter what. And so he hugged them. And from the outside of the house, you see this like atomic blast of rainbow. Because <laughs> the hug is that great. And then they go to work and they're smiling and singing and... They have this woman teacher who's a monkey or might be a baboon in a dress, which is funny. And just her not liking this sense of joy that's starting to spread throughout the school on a Monday. Oh, my God. Because they're, they're so happy that it infects the rest of the school to the point where this teacher's like trying to kill their happiness and it just won't work. And 
<laughs> just they'll suddenly smile in class or start singing some happy song. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> so funny. We watched an episode today where it was a, a sort of a riff on In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger supposedly has a secret menu. It's not secret. Yeah, it's like getting your burger animal style yeah, and that sort of thing. It's not secret. They just gave it names because there were a lot of people who would order a burger this particular way. Yeah. And so people act like it's a secret menu, but it's not. But uh, they have their this chain called Joyful Burger. And apparently there is a secret burger that is like the best burger that you will ever eat. And it will feed a family of four for seven years. How and perfect is the name of the burger? Joyful Burger? No, the MacGuffin. Oh, the MacGuffin. It's called the <laughs> MacGuffin. We don't find out what it's called because you can only order it if you know what it's called. Yeah, And to know, you have to eat their uh, burger like their main, mainstay burger at every burger joint in town yeah but we didn't find that out until later because they go through this whole thing where uh dad tells darwin and gumball that they have to get jobs with joyful burger and ingratiate <laughs> themselves into the company so that they can find out what the name of this burger is oh, so he can order it the humor is so adult because it's about being in a corporation mm -hmm. it's like they start out just mopping the floors, and they're so good. They get promoted to, you know, being fry cooks. So good. They get their own management. So good that they become CEOs. And all the while, it's like, okay, we need you to cut expenses in half. Yeah. Congratulations. You're being promoted. There's just one problem. Yeah. You've got to... Cut, you've got to double production, and then you see all these weird cows going by on a conveyor belt. Yeah, this <laughs> so mutant wrong. cow with like 16 legs. Oh this God. one that's like Jabba the Hutt fat. Yeah. We, we want you to become members of the board. There's just one problem. You still have hearts. And so then you see them buttoning up white shirts over <laughs> scars on their chests. And, and they're, they're getting interviewed at by, this giant yeah, mansion. By a microphone, by a, a reporter that his head is the microphone. And he's a returning <laughs> character, too. Anytime the reporter shows up, it's this so fun. guy with a microphone head that anytime he puts the microphone towards them, it's, it's suddenly it's headless. His head. And they're talking about, you know, where they started and where they came from. And then Gumbel's like... Oh, we forgot why we were doing this. We got way off track. <laughs> so they go, they go wander up. off. Yeah. Oh, it was so funny. I mean, they were like, t they had a mansion that one half was Darwin's and one mm -hmm. half was Gumball's. And they had two helicopter pads and Dar or Gumball would take the helicopter just across the lawn to the other helicopter pad to go get <laughs> Darwin and bottled water. Anyway. <laughs> It was just, um, that was just funny. There was another episode we that we saw part of. I don't know how it started, but uh -huh. Darwin was suddenly having these massively powerful sneezes. <laughs> and they thought that he was allergic to stupidity <laughs> because of just happened. I think I was cooking while you were watching that one. Oh my God, I was laughing so hard. It was so, so funny. They were just doing all of these references like... <laughs> the family of bananas uh they were like no get away he will blow you into the next continent and so he sneezes and the next thing you see is like uh the great wall of china and then landing three bananas <laughs> landing on it <laughs> gumball's sister was like it can't be this but maybe it is this and so they were trying to get him to a place where he couldn't do any harm but gumball wouldn't leave him because darwin is his best friend yep and so he takes his belt and lashes himself to a cactus. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no, not not like it, it, he wasn't like against the cactus. Okay. He wrapped it around the cactus, and then he wrapped it around his arm, and Gumball st- or um, excuse me, Darwin started to sneeze again, and it was like a tornado, and you see a cow flying flying by. So it was very. It much was a Twister reference. Twister references without being in your face, yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, you're referencing a '90s movie. I love you so much. And then as it turned out, um, there was a bird feather stuck in Darwin's gills. Oh, that that would do it. And he spines and pulls it out. And then he's fine again. (laughs) Um, They can do very referential humor, but at the same time, it's very modernized. They do a lot of internet meme type humor. Yes. Where they have, you see those cartoons where there's really crude, hand-drawn face. Mm -hmm. They'll do that with their faces every once in a while when something bizarre happens. You'll suddenly have them with these really wrinkly faces making these bizarre expressions. It's so delightful. It brings me joy. Every once in a while they'll have really spooky voices. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was the one where Gumball had a dream that Darwin was moving on the girl he had a crush on mm-hmm. and was mad at Darwin in real life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just so silly. <laughs> oh, another one we saw j- just today when they kept having buffering issues. Yes. And it started with Glitching. Gumball. Yeah. He would suddenly glitch while he was talking and just pause or start stuttering or stammering. And Darwin would get mad because it would happen just as he was about to give a compliment or something and he'd mm-hmm. just be silent. Yeah. And then that started to spread to Darwin and then their father. Yeah, Darwin was deciding he needed to, you know, have more clothing options and uh, he wears socks. That's all that Darwin wears is <laughs> yep. socks. Mm-hmm. Socks, no shoes, no pants, nothing else. And Gumball was trying to explain to him, no, you need to start with pants, <laughs> not hats. And so Darwin is trying on all these ridiculous hats, one of which is the Pharrell hat that just completely covers yep. him. And one of them was like this tiny bowler. Yeah. And, it, and that was the one that Gumball actually liked, but he glitched while trying to say that. Darwin got offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this episode progresses to where Darwin finally believes that something weird is going on because dad glitches while (laughs) a lot. And then he's (laughs) glitching while putting gas in the car. And the next thing they know, the car is going again, but dad's still glitching at the gas station. And sometimes the bottom half would be the only part to glitch. (laughs) And so there's this running logo of like, like the Puma from the shoes mm-hmm. there's this running cat and then the top half is the car so it's moving along with the legs <laughs> <laughs> oh so funny it was so uh, funny there's so many it's just there's... it's so bizarre you'll I go what the fuck <laughs> and that's why it's great just things that happen that you haven't seen in cartoons before and sometimes it's super dark when you mm-hmm. that character just died like they have a balloon and every once in a while you'll hear it pop yep and you'll be like Holy shit, they just killed a balloon character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the banana when it was trying to lift weights and it fell on it. Yeah. And then rolled down and then it squished <laughs> all the banana out yes. of the peel. Yes. Like, that character's dead, but clearly not. <laughs> That's so funny. Ugh. Oh, I just, I love it. And the voices are done so well. Yeah. They are so well done. I can't stress that enough. It's well written, too. It's just so funny. It's so tight and so funny and dark, and I love it to pieces. Yeah. 
This is something that you you put on if you have had a bad day. Oh, it, it's just so bizarre and funny that you, you're just in yeah, right it, away. It will fix all of your problems in your life. I, I mean, just the fact that it surprises the hell out of you. Yeah. It's like just, when the, the global warming, warming thing, when he had the model of the globe and he set it on fire and then it fell and then set the whole classroom on fire. Just, <laughs> this rolling ball. <laughs> oh, oh, so many things. So many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, guys, watch it. Just watch it. Oh, another way they tied in the internet. Well, they have Facebook, for one thing, but they were watching, like, a YouTube kind of thing where they saw episodes of their show being repeated by this knockoff in, I think, China or something. No, they were they were local. <laughs> they were local, but I think the network or something was, yeah. like, Chinese yeah, or something. It was, yes. But they weren't... What were they? They, they were different... I, I can't remember what animals they were, but they were very much a knockoff where they do the very same things that yeah. they just did. Exactly. And so they tr- were trying to kill themselves and do very dangerous things. So they knock out this other family. I mean, yeah. that is dark. That is dark. Just living dangerously. It was crazy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Do you yep. have anything else to say about The Amazing World of Gumball? Uh, I need to watch more episodes. I mean, some of them are catching up on me. Like when they were catfishing their grandfather. Oh, well, it's not, it their wasn't their grandfather. step-grandfather, yeah. Yeah, who's this rat that's pure black. <laughs> and he's very He's very triangular. Yeah, he's very triangular, too. Yeah. Just uh Very simple animation on the on the rat's grandfather. Yeah, but then, see, that's the thing. You never know what animation style you're going to see. You're going to see all of them. You're going to see all animation styles in this one show. Yeah, puppetry, we've kind of gone over all of them, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. We had them. So, please, if you have Cartoon Network and never use it for anything else, yeah. it doesn't matter if you have kids. We don't have kids. This show is funny for all ages. Yeah, you Not really have kids. to stick with it because when you first see it, the the mix matching of animation styles, I think, could be a turnoff to some people. It wasn't to me. Yeah, because you're looking, okay, there's a hyper real background with this hand-drawn like main character who's all hips <laughs> all hips and head it's mm-hmm. like super skinny cat and then giant head giant hips for some reason <laughs> who's ask and talk apparently mm. and not like the jim carrey medical, make it talk it will condition. actually talk it's a medical condition <laughs> i think that was just one bit but it yeah. was funny cg characters puppet characters live action characters all in the same show and you kind of have to get on board with that too. I think really enjoy it and just understand that this is a bizarre world of imagination. It is. It's kind of the way Cool, cool World probably should have been. Yeah. Other than just being this world of weird doodles and then actual animated characters. This is fully realized characters of different animation styles. It's really delightful. Delightful and it pushes an envelope that you didn't know you needed pushed. Yeah, it goes beyond even what South Park would do. Yeah, without swearing. And there's a bit of Simpsons-y kind of stuff in it, but that makes sense because Simpsons originates a lot of gags. I mean, that's the whole Simpsons did it meme. Yep. So, thumbs up. Love it. Love it, too. Love it, love it, love it. It entertains us every time it's on. In fact, we'll just sit and watch Gumball before putting in whatever we had saved. It's like, oh, episodes of Gumball are on. We'll just finish watching that, and then we'll watch whatever we have DVR'd. Yep. We did that earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. I love you, Gumball. I love it, too. 
So yeah, we highly recommend it. I think that's clear. Yep. Uh, so what do you think? Shoutouts? Shoutouts. Hey! hey! My shout-out is to Chelsea. We uh, attended her booth at the Ogden Arts Festival. She was the Emerging Artist winner. Yes, Best Emerging Artist. Yep, we picked up a few things. I actually have a sticker of her adorable bat that's now on my laptop. I have a pillow of her adorable bat. Cats and bats. and She has a very clean kind of mod style when it comes to her art. My my favorite thing besides the bats is her raven picture where there's a picture, well, it's a drawing of a raven, a pissed off raven. Yes. Standing on top of a skull. And it says, quote the raven, get your shit together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that just made me laugh out loud. And all her cats. Yes, I love the cats. Some of them based on their actual cats. Dar- her, her cats are Darwin and... and Laszlo? Laz- Maslow. 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 And Maslow is sweet and cuddly and a bit longer haired. And mm-hmm. Darwin is like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, the standoffish, in my house? sleek, short haired one. Yeah, he, he's, he let me pet him a little bit once. Yep. But Maslow is just like, give me the love. <laughs> pet me. Give it to me. I will headbutt your hand, please. So they're yep. adorable. And she did really well, even enough on the first day to cover the costs of the booth. So that's exciting. Indeed. So it was very, very cool to visit, even though it was stupid hot and stupid windy. Yeah, it was very windy. We, and they were grilling that chicken and right at the entrance, so there's a lot of grill smoke blowing in our faces. But it was, we wanted to support Chelsea, yeah. so. That was a fun day. We had fun that day. We did have fun, but it was exhausting. Even though I spilled a cherry Coke. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so my shout out is is a triple threat. Triple threat th- uh, triple shout out. Threat. I am shouting out to fellow podcasters Bruce Gibson and Matt Rushing and Riley, whose last name that I cannot remember and I'm trying to find right <laughs> now. Is it in the show notes somewhere? I'm trying. <laughs> Riley Blanton, who started the Star Wars Report podcast. Right. And the Star Wars Report Network. And I was a guest on an episode with those three gentlemen talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, and also talking about some toxic fandom. Yes. That happened. It was actually a very positive episode. Yeah. Talking I heard about it. the good parts of the fandom and completely condemning the toxic fandom because normalizing that behavior mm-hmm. is part of the problem. We don't just say, oh, that's just the way fans are. No, they are not representative of the whole. Apparently, E3 had that as well as the toxic fandom. Their response to having too many female characters in historical fiction, like the, I guess the next Assassin's Creed main character is going to be female and they are upset about that. Go all these, fuck yourselves. Yeah, all these game producers, it's like, no, women are gamers too. You can't have everything geared specifically towards the white male middle class 14 year old boy you know there's going to be other options it's it's disgusting that this is still happening uh-huh. in this day and age and they got to realize that not all entertainment's going to be geared towards their personal taste because they can't experience anything five inches from their nose but i don't i don't want to go down this road nope because those guys can go fuck themselves yep they can and there are a few women that are party to that too but very very few yeah um stop sharing the hate and start sharing the love yeah 
Just, That's what that podcast episode is about. So it's the Star Wars Port episode number 334, if you want to listen to that. It was a lot of fun, and Bruce promises that he'll have me back. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. I love <laughs> you. And of course, I have, you'll hear me from time to time on the 602 Club with Matt Rushing. So I had podcasted with everyone but Riley, and we all just meshed well together. Yes. So it was very fun. Just, just let's perpetuate the love. Yeah. Spread the love, the love, just like we did with Gumball. Yes. Enjoy it. So that is Find it. Find something you enjoy and enjoy it. Yeah. And celebrate it. Share it. Yeah. Don't don't be a gatekeeper. Don't prevent other people from enjoying the thing you enjoy because you think somehow that's going to diminish it. I don't understand that yeah. mindset. I don't either. I don't get why this is mine and mine only and only I can enjoy it. It's like, it's going to die I... if there's not enough people supporting it. Well, this idea that only I understand it. Yeah. Really. It's... This was made for me specifically. No, it was not. No, it's just... And just because you can buy something doesn't give you ownership of it, if that makes sense. So let's stop giving voices to those people, because yep. the best thing we can do is ignore them. Yeah, just enjoy the thing you enjoy and Rip- share it. Yes, do that thing. Be a tastemaker, not a gatekeeper. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Well, that's it yeah, for this week. Yeah, I think week. so. Uh, I'm don't get, know I'm what we want to talk lusty. about. Yeah, it's, it's having the allergies. I yeah. need to put water on the lawn. So, Stuff and things. So uh, that's the end of this episode, and we'll be back with whatever floats our boat, I guess. Yeah. All right, thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. have just listened to the dark corner podcast hosted by brandy and david jacola find us and other fine podcasts at strangeanddeadly.com send any feedback to the dark corner pod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dark corner cast you can also like the dark corner podcast page or join the dark corner podcast group on facebook The intro and outro music is Artificial Nocturne Love Thy Brother Remix by Metric. The dark track featured on the podcast was either submitted directly or offered for free by the artist or the artist's representatives. No infringement of copyright is intended. If you enjoy the show, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. If nothing else, then to let us know that you're out there listening. Now we return you into the light. Until next time, peace and love. Like shadows in a stranger's dream Hiding out in the back together Yes. <laughs>